on this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals, should you buy Michael Carter? What to do about Cooper Cup? Eliza Mitchell, is he the real deal? And also, question of the day. Stay tuned. football podcast put on by your three p go with your gut i believe in Devonte adams truth and a numbers obsessed over analyzing still can't beat me in fantasy football nerd to find some sort of consensus to share with you the fantasy football listener who am i joined by you're joined by the guy who's ahead of you in the two of three leagues that we're in together guy uh that's who you're joined by uh, FF underscore Spaceman, Dave, right? And Todd, I am really excited to be here tonight. Uh, people who are have been listening for a while know that we this episode came out a day late. Life comes at you fast, at, you know, as parents and working in public education. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles here. So we're trying to piece it together here. We're recording late night on a Thursday to get at least one more episode in this week on A Tale to Rivals, Todd. And it's the Spaceman Takes This Week. After earlier this week, you admitted to being a analytics nerd now, which was kind of crazy. That's not true. That's not true. That is putting words <laughs> in my mouth. I said that I use the database and that there's value to it. I never said it is strictly part of my process. The gut and the eye will always go over the numbers. Yeah, no, I mean, I just see, I just see value in the spreadsheet now. That's pretty much it. But at the same time, like, I am not an analytics nerd. I'm not. Not. So, Davey, you ready for the question of the day? I'm excited for this question today here. All right. As an avid sports fan, money is not an issue. What ticket would you want to purchase to see that particular sporting event? So I'll say this couching it that I can't just will certain teams into the playoffs or like, you know, I'd love to see University of Maine in a Frozen Four game again. I'm not sure if that's happening anytime soon in college hockey, but I would love to see that happen again to bring me back. Paul Korea is not walking through that door. Oh, Paul Korea. God, I love Paul Korea. Yes. So question ticket that I would like to have. And, and this one's actually pretty achievable. I want to experience a green monster game. I would love to get a green monster tickets at Fenway park. I've been to Fenway park at probably over 30 times in my lifetime. I've loved every experience. I really enjoy Fenway park, the Red Sox, that whole thing. But to see a game from Fenway, the the Green Monster seats would be a real treat for me, and that's high on my list of of uh, I've, I've been able to experience things from the the first row of the visitors dugout, which was really cool. Or the on deck circle, I got to to talk to Chipper Jones. I, I've had a lot of cool experiences at Fenway, but that would be top for me in you know America's friendliest ballpark. Your bachelor party, my friend, was at Fenway Park, <laughs> and I, 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 heard, I, I heard it. Was, I heard it was a good game. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, your bachelor party was so much fun, man. The best, the the best part is, is that I got, I got lost, and people <laughs> like all my friends asked my dad and my brother, "Should we go look for me?" And they said, "Nah, Todd will find his way," and I did. 
they're like, they're like Todd, 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 Todd knows Fenway. <laughs> I was like, like, I remember like at one point I'm walking, I go, this isn't the right direction. I turn around. <laughs> You'll but, eventually uh, find your way at Fenway. It's not too hard. What's funny well, too is I lost big, my it's wallet. It's not a big park. You just, oh, the wallets. Oh, yeah. You're still that guy to my dad. You're still that guy to my dad. The kid who lost his wallet? Yes, dad. The kid who lost his wallet. Also, the kid I do a podcast with, but yeah. The kid, I, the kid who lost his wallet. So, it's amazing. All right. That's a good one. That's a good one. The, good, the Green Monster is a good one. For my ticket, I am an avid basketball fan. And I've been a fan of North Carolina since 1993 when I was annoying little brother, just jeering my brother about them losing the Michigan. I mean, beating Michigan with the timeout game. So for me, it's UNC versus Duke. Though I am a UNC fan, I'd want to go see it with the Camden Crazies. Just that small, historic, like, just arena to see, like, and like, as annoying Duke fans are, it's a spectacle. And the tickets, like, I don't think I'll ever go because the tickets are just insanely marked up for that game. Like, I think the game this year, like, they were, like, the cheapest ticket was, like, four grand or something. It was, like, insane numbers. For real? Yeah. It, no, dude. It, it, insane numbers. I honestly, I did not look that up. I heard that somewhere, but I honestly didn't think it was that, like, I wasn't shocked by it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I would love, because that is, to me, the ultimate rivalry of any college sport, is UNC-Duke basketball. And yes, Michigan-Ohio State, blah, 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 I get it. UNC-Duke basketball for me. There are maybe a couple of college football games. I'm not the big college basketball guy you are. There's some great teams there, but I really like that. I like that, Todd. And and just think, in a couple of years, when teachers are paid appropriately, that'll be chump change for you. So you'll be able to do that, no problem. Yeah, I should have. I should be able to go there every year for what I do for a living. <laughs> um, so, uh, just for some honorable mentions, actually, it's funny you say college. For me, it would be either Michigan State, Ohio State, right, or just for football. Uh, yep, or just an SEC game and tailgate. Go to Georgia. Go to Bama. My father-in-law went to a Georgia game, and he said, and it was a pretty cool experience. That, that's what I mean. Like, like Florida, like whatever. You know what I mean? Like. I'd probably rather do Georgia or, or Bama, but uh, any SEC. And then lastly, it'd be really cool to go to a high-end boxing match in Vegas. That would be interesting. That, yeah, that'd be cool. Yep, yeah, that's but, a good point. Yeah, the UNC Duke, though, is a whole other tier than those other ones. But yeah, that was a good question of the day. Davey, let's get to the content, baby. All right, take one. Todd, Michael Carter was the RB1 in week eight. He's had a couple of good weeks, back-to-back weeks, but through the first three weeks, Todd, he's only averaged 7.8 expected fantasy points per game, which is a road of his metric, and 8.9 weighted opportunities per game, which is a combination of rush att- weighting rush attempts to, to targets into a metric uh, that's pretty uh, pretty sticky here. But So just to give people perspective, that's in like the RB40, mid-40s range, so he in weighted opportunities and expected points. He was in the 40s for RBs the first three weeks in his rookie season. Then Michael and first off, he was getting no buzz. No, no one cared about Michael Carter. Everyone was obsessing over Javante Williams. Nobody cared about Michael Carter. But since week four, Carter is fifth in expected points per game and fourth in weighted opportunities per game. And, and looking a little more closely, there was a small bump in weeks four and five. So. 
it was into the double digits, like 13 per game in expected points per game and weight opportunities was what, what had a nice little jump too, but not mar- like a marginal jump. Whereas once Mike White took over in weeks seven and eight, he had a huge jump where uh, to like, you know, 18 expected points on the ground, 14 through the ground or 14 through the air. So like 32.9 expected points per game uh, the last two weeks, which is huge. I don't want to overreact because once you dive a little bit closer in, you have to realize too of where people's value are because you know people start to look when you an RB one week like RB one overall week and people start paying attention here. So he's RB twenty three on the season in opportunity share, per, per, uh, which is fifty four point seven percent of the running back opportunities for the Jets, and he's twelfth in weighted opportunities per game overall among all running backs, which is pretty freaking good. And he's and you know Todd, I love my missed tackles per per attempt or my evaded tackles per game. And he is six in evaded tackles per game because that just shows independent of blo- of blocking what he's doing with his opportunities is he's making people miss, which is pretty good. Uh, so that's some positive things here. Behind the, we, we, I prepped for this last night and I was thinking a lot more b- bullish on Michael Carter where I was thinking, oh, like, you know, these these aging running back ones, oh, maybe I'll make him as a part of a, a piece when I'm trying to, to to sell these guys off. You know, you know, I don't like old tight running backs, Todd. But noticing that small uptick in four and five and seeing Mike White really lift him up, and I have no idea how things are going in Thursday Night Football, I'm not, I don't think it quite warrants going to that extreme. Like, don't go over, like, don't over, like, you're really overreacting to recency bias here and things going on. But him being a 10 expected points on the ground rushing and 10 points through the air rushing and fancy points is a real that's the dream for running backs because you you uh, can't be scripted out of the game based on how the game's going. And that's even like that kind of numbers and that kind of volume makes me forget that he's attached to uh, the Jets and Zach Wilson as his quarterback here. That being said, when you're trying to get that kind of volume where you're a rush pass threat option and outside of your volume, you're making people miss and doing things with the ball in your hand. I start to pay attention here. I'm really starting to talk. What I'm sorry is the RB two three range. Uh, that's where he is in a lot of uh, of rankings. Is RB two, RB late RB two, early RB three. So like Damien Harris, Leonard Fournette, Chuba Hubbard, Zach Moss, James Connors, uh, James Connor. Those are the type of players that I'm looking to pivot off from to go get Michael Carter. So if, even if I have to add to them to go get him, that's what I'm willing to do here. And I've seen a couple of 2022 firsts from Michael Carter. I'm not that place yet because. And I don't want to like trade down, like I mentioned, from like a Nick Chubb to Michael Carter for for a first to Michael Carter. I don't want to do any of that here. But definitely adding on to those RB2s, that's kind of how I'm treating Michael Carter here. And I think those are movable deals here because Javante Williams, Todd, was the bell of the fantasy ball uh, the first half of the season. Michael Carter has more evaded tackles per game than Javante Williams. And he's doing a lot more things efficiency-wise than Javante Williams is doing. So, and I know... People want to talk about how bad the Jets suck. I wouldn't write home about Denver and Mike, Mike, uh, whatever, Mike Fangio, whatever the freak his name is. So I've gone on a little bit here about Michael Carter here, Todd. Any thoughts? Why would anyone consider a first round pick for Michael Carter? That's insane to me. That is going way too far with recency bias. I'm sorry. This is just not a large sample size for any, by any stretch to make that kind of like move for him. And I'm sorry, the Jets are garbage. Say what you will about Denver. Denver has actually been pretty good in some games. The Jets have just been horrendous. And they continue to be horrendous. 
I hate investing heavily in backs on bad teams. And those numbers are nifty. So how do you factor if somebody plays for the Jets? You just divide everything by two at the end? So, like, yeah. If I'm contending, I'm not even close to pivoting off uh, Harris or Fournette for Carter. I'm just not. All right? Hubbard and Moss don't give me jazz for the long term. So, yeah, I'd rather have Carter. And, and James Conner, I would have taken Carter over him at any point. Preseason, like, week one to this week. Like, I would have done that trade in a heartbeat. Damien Harris for Carter doesn't do anything for me. Fournette for Carter? If I'm a top two team, no. If I'm like that three, four, five range, yeah, it's actually probably a pretty smart move. Because, you know, you need some things to fall into place just to be able to kind of get over that that hump anyways. I don't, I mean, I've liked Michael Carter. I thought Michael Carter was like probably the best value of running back that was like in that like rookie draft. I don't hate the take. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just don't get jazzed about Michael Carter. I don't think he's going to be a giant difference maker on a dynasty team. I just don't. I think he's going to be like a like like a good RB two option and a, like a flex option for like a few years. You mean the Michael Carter who has who is seven for twenty eight on the ground and zero somehow zero for eighteen <laughs> receiving? I don't know how that happens. Uh, maybe it was a ladder. I have no idea how that happens. Uh, but you mean that Michael Carter who has was that three fantasy four fantasy points tonight? Yeah, that, yeah, that Michael Carter. Yeah, that guy. That guy. okay. Yeah, that guy. All right. That guy. I'm talking about that guy. Yeah. So maybe try to go get Michael Carter after this this dud game on national tele, like a nationally uh, televised game. That's always a good move. Once a guy sucks, is a good time to go get him. So <laughs> that's always a good move. With the that's what I was talking about the entire take time. That's what I actually was trying to say because uh, you know that's how I was trying to do it. Are, are you trying to mock my voice? No, I'm trying to mock me. That sounds like you're making fun of my voice, Todd. Your voice. You have a voice for radio. I would never mock it. David, take two. <laughs> and that's Cooper Cup. Uh, what are we doing with Cooper Cup, actually? So what are we doing with Cooper Cup has been tested on Little Space Baby, and I think it's going to be the next baby shark of this generation, Todd. Very, very successful. Lots of smiles. He was looking a little sad face, trying to get some fancy stuff done. So I was talking to him, what are we going to do with, with, uh, with Cooper Cup? And he loved it. So I think... This that song's gonna go off. So even if Taylor Toe Rivals doesn't go to Spotify, wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Was this what inspired the first laugh? No, no, no. This was today. Oh, oh my god, that would have been amazing. Okay, it, just, I wish it. I wish it would have. Uh, <laughs> the best story ever. Okay. Yeah. So he did laugh for the first time so, yesterday, but uh, yeah, no, it was not for what are we gonna do with Cooper, with Cooper Cup? Cup? What are we gonna do with Cooper Cup? What are we gonna do? Like, <laughs> That's so, amazing. That's so uh, awesome in itself. <laughs> Carry on. So among the league leaders in targets per game, receiving yards, TDs, target share, weight opportunity rating, uh, air yards, yards per route run, uh, racer, which is you know uh, basically how well they are turning air yards into receiving yards, and then expected points. He is he is smashing it at every single receiving metric that we care about. He's a wide receiver one in fantasy. He is. Eating, Todd. Eating. He has. He's scoring what twenty six point something points per game, which is almost five points more than Tyreek Hill, the next closest player in points per game. That's almost a flex type play more than the next closest wide receiver. Uh, that is a difference maker. That's what made DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, like back in the day when Julio, AJ Green were doing their thing. They were difference makers for your fantasy team, and that's what Cooper Cup is being this year. You don't see a lot of teams. 
who are have losing records with Cooper Cup on it. I I'll just say that because he is basically carrying some teams with his production. And but the catch with Cooper Cup is he's 28 years old and he's scoring uh, almost 50 percent of his fans. And you know, so he's almost he's almost 28 years old, Todd. And his best, he's scoring 50 percent more points per game this season than he did in his best two seasons, which was 2008 and 2019. Uh, where he averaged close to 17 points per game in both those seasons. Uh, one ended with a after eight games with a knee injury, but point being is he's basically 10 more points per game than he has in his best year uh, to date was this year. But fear not, Todd, fear not. Uh, I know he's 28 years old. It's not all doom and gloom. Uh, at least he isn't as old as Devontae Adams. So that's one positive. And then, so currently, Cooper Cup is ranked 11th by DLF. 16th by player profiler and 14th by Rotoviz in Dynasty. That's pretty low for a wide receiver who's, you know, who's just dominating the position. And, and um, he, whereas, you know, Devontae Adams, who ranks seventh among those three sites, and Cooper Cup scoring seven more points per game than, than Devontae Adams. Now, I understand that Adams has done it for multiple seasons and he's attached to Rodgers, but Matthew Stafford, who I kind of pooped on a week or two ago, I, I should mention that he's leading all QBs in EPA per dropback which is a very sticky efficiency metric. And he's a dark horse candidate for MVP, basically how good he's been. All that's all of that is to preface saying that if you're totally out of the race this year with Cooper Cup somehow, or you just don't think you're you're a, co- a serious competitor for the crown, I'm looking to target Higgins, Rondale Moore, Godwin, Judy, Pittman, plus, plus on all those players in tradeback situations. And even if I am a contender, I would be. I would just consider just putting Cup out there just to see if someone's going to just do a huge overpay because he just has been that great and what he can do for a squad with that. But that being said, I, I find a very hard time believing that I'm training away Cup on a team that's contending because he's the real deal, Todd. Every metric that we care about, he is succeeding in. I don't see it tailing off unless there's an injury. The, like maybe I'll do a DJ more. Like I'll trade for DJ Moore if I have I'll get younger and competitive with DJ Moore, but I'm not. Why would why mess with with Cooper Cup right now, who's scoring ten more points a game than DJ Moore? Todd, I think he's the real. Like people, are, I got asked that why I brought him up is I was asked, hey, talk about Cooper Cup. Is he the real deal? And and he is. He is Todd. He's the real freaking deal. Absolutely, man. And he was always like he. he I mean, it's not like he hasn't been good before. But before anything, I just want to go off and say that like. Google Sheets sucks on your phone because the struggle was real for me to do the notes for this one. You just changed it to laughing my ass off because I just wrote gibberish. And then, um, no, I didn't, no, no, Todd. Did you not the, write that or did I write that? No. So you said, Dave, you're talking to Devontae Adams or something like that. It will not go unchecked or something. And then I wrote FLFMAO. Oh, yeah. Oh, I came out as gibberish on my phone. I'm like, I can't even read what I wrote. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it was funny. We were talking trash to each other on, like, guys. You want to know how the banter goes on Tales Rivals? We even talk banter on Google Sheets. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my point: you better keep Devante's name out your mouth, or I'll beat you like it's a mashed potato wrestling match, son. All right, you respect Devante. You got me. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, cop for me is my wide receiver ten in rankings, and honestly, it's just because like. That larger body of work, like you pointed to, that 50% more than is the average of his two best seasons. Like, that's insane. Like, that's something that that's chasing. But I have him over Diggs. I have him over McLaurin. I have him over Higgins. I have him over 
Godwin. I have him over Evan. You have to like recognize what he's doing right now. If I'm in the hunt, I actually would move from Adams to Cup because you can also get a significant piece. Like I, I still think Adams is significantly more value in a trade than Cup. So like you should be able to get a first and Cup for like Adams and like I don't know a second or a third depending. Like I would probably start with a third and I'd overpay for a second because that would get me closer to a ship. But and then I would also make it a 2023 first. So it looks like it's down the road, but it's a better draft class. <laughs> yeah, but that's all I'm just trying to say is that like I get it. And I totally get this point, but I do also think like I just got to go into the Vontae piece. I think the whole QB situation is a little overblown. I think he's going to be very good wide receiver with just about anybody. Like think about DJ Moore, like and how we value him. Like Sam Darnold sucks. You know what I mean? Like, come on. And DJ um, Moore has felt in the last few weeks. Right. But my point is, is like, we're still not going to like just jump off that bandwagon just because he's all like, I get the whole thing with Devontae's age. That's fine. I don't, I don't buy into that at this, at this stage in his career, but I mean, yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying like the QB thing's not that. If you are contending though, why is Cooper Cup even on your team right now? Why, why wasn't he traded weeks ago? Like seriously, cash in like weeks ago. What I would be looking at is, this is what I'd be looking for. Look at your top six team. Somebody might be four, five, six, but has like the first or second most points. And they're pissed. They're pissed that they're not at the top of that. Look at that team and see what you could get for Cooper Cup if you're in that situation. If you are like not contending for playoffs, Cooper Cup, your team probably sucks and you need to build in other places. So those are the kind of situations there. And evaluate your team if you're an actual real contender, but a playoff team, and then see if you can go to a contender and get more future pieces back. So like, unless you know you're going to be in the hunt, Cooper Cup should not be on your team. That's just my, that's my piece. I just don't understand how his value in trade could ever get higher than it is right now. Just, I don't see it. I'm not selling Cooper Cup for wicked cheap here. So, like, Cooper Cup for a first and a second. I'm not sure if that... I don't think that's enough for Cooper Cup. Not even close. Not even close. And somebody will pay more than that. Somebody will pay more for that because what he's doing is very special right now. And somebody wants to win. Peeve that people are... Like, people don't... Like, I understand you're not competitive here, but Cooper Cup for a first and Kadarius Tony. I'm not sure if that's enough. I don't think I'm getting enough there, Todd. Cooper Cup for Devonta Smith and Trey Sermon. I need a better piece in Trey Sermon there. I like the the bones of that. Cooper Cup for Devonta Smith, I think it's going to be a very successful wide receiver. But I need a little bit more on top of that. And Trey Sermon doesn't get it done. And uh, it, the point is, I'm just seeing a lot of just meh trades, Todd, for Cooper Cup here. And maybe maybe this he doesn't have the, the capital that we think. Like Sterling Shepard in a first for Cooper Cup. This is that was made f- f- three weeks ago, Todd. Like, what's going on? Yeah, I don't understand it, man. Like, that's the thing, though. It's like, it's like, uh, you, like you gotta like, uh, don't be hasty with the move. You're not cashing out on like, don't sell them low, hold them, and then like people will come back if somebody's hitting you up about Cooper Cup and you hold your line, they will come back. All right, don't just do a deal because you're like, okay, this is the best I'm gonna get. No, know what your bottom line is and stick to it with a, with an asset like that. Chase Clay pulling a first and a second. Oh, maybe, but no, I'm not excited about that. Now, the one deal that I have seen on here that I'm excited about, 
Trey Lance, a third and a fourth for Cooper Cup and David Johnson. That's the kind of deal oh, I'm talking Jay, about. Why is David Johnson even involved in that trade? Um, sure. But you know what I'm trying to say? Because there, because there was a rumor that he was going to take over Todd when Mark Ingram went. But that's the like when we're talking about cashing in, that's freaking cashing in. That's a phenomenal trade. That's a phenomenal trade. You just dominated that trade. So, but those, that's what I'm saying. And I guarantee you, somebody in your league will do that. Somebody will. And I think the biggest problem that people make when they're, when they are selling to them, or they're non competitive, they don't make it known to everyone in the league that that player is available. And even if you put it on the trade block, okay, you did your due diligence. Due diligence. I don't think that's due diligence. I think you should be making trade offers to everyone in that league when you have that kind of top asset. That that's the kind of grind that it takes yep. to 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 be a successful rebuild here. Because if you take the first deal or the second deal that you see that comes across your desk and you don't go talk to the other contenders, you're doing your team a disservice here. But we got to move on, Todd, to Not Eliza yet. Mitchell. Not what? yet. Okay. Take three. <laughs> take three. Elijah Mitchell. Real quick, Todd, uh, Elijah Mitchell started to put together some serious numbers. He's the RB21 in points per game, and he's put up three top 24 games out of the five games he's played this season. Two of those have been in the top 12. So those are some pretty impressive numbers from the rookie. What was he, a six-round pick, Todd, uh, if I remember correctly? And he was the second. He was had the yes. second. Like, Trey Sermon dominated him in draft capital as well. So not bad. He's 12th in opportunity share, Todd. 12th in weighted opportunities per game. And just to say, like, he has 2.7 more weighted opportunities per game than Nick Chubb. <laughs> like, Nick Chubb, who's also kind of a one-dimensional back here, Elijah Mitchell has more opportunities, which is kind of crazy to think about. And he's he's just barely inside the top 24 in weighted tackles per game here because that San Francisco offense, he's kind of just taking what's given to him. But that being said, Todd, I don't want to disparage him too much here because he's gaining 80% of his total rushing yards have come after contact, which is an insane number. 80% of his yards are after contact. I think one of those was on a big play, but still pretty crazy that a lot of it's coming after contact. Now, a lot of positive things I just talked about Elijah Mitchell. Everyone, like he's, he is real. He's probably turned around some fantasy game teams because when you put in like a third or fourth round draft pick clip and he starts putting together RB1 weeks, that can really turn around a squad very quickly. But the catch is, He's only been targeted four times in the season, has those four catches and those four opportunities. Uh, just for reference, Todd, the Damian Harris, who I crap on all the time for his lack of receiving upside, he has eight more targets for the freaking Elijah Mitchell. Uh, so that just shows you how little he's being used in the past game. While San Francisco always will be heavily relying on the run game, that can still be scripted out. And then also, too, we have to remember, Trey Lance is on the horizon. His goal line ability, his rushing ability, can vulture those three, like he has three touchdowns in five games. Trey Lance could take one of those or two away based on his rushing ability. And that really changes his outlook. And he's also been dealing with a couple injuries and that's been notorious for Shanahan's system at RB. And then also know that he can be just, uh, it's a very next man up scenario with Jeffrey Wilson coming back. Not that I think that he really cuts in Elijah Mitchell. What does this all mean? Basically, if he's, if I'm competing and he's one of my top two running backs, I'm not going to I'm not trading him because I'm just going to ride it for as long as I can. But if I if I'm competing and he's my RB3, my RB4, I'm trading him for uh, I'll take a like I've saw I saw multiple trades on DLF's trade finder app for first round picks. 
Yeah, I'll do that all day at 2022 first for Eliza Mitchell. Classic. I, f- I feel like I've talked about this a lot recently because I just really like it. Or use him as a part of a piece to go upgrade at another position. That's how you go and do it when you're contender here. If I'm not competitive team, I'm gonna t- I'm taking that ROI. I paid a third or fourth for my rookie draft. It's time to cash out. I don't want a second. I don't want just a regular old second round pick, Todd. But I want to up. I want to cash in because who knows? He gets injured. Trey Lance takes over, which I don't think is happening for a while at this rate. Unfortunately, Elijah the the wind kind of goes out of Elijah Mitchell's sails here because I I got to be honest. I, as much as I like Elijah Mitchell, I called Elijah Mitchell over Trey Sermon. I liked him more as a prospect. That being said, I got to call a spade a spade. And when you don't have that receiving ability, well, I actually think he has receiving ability, but when you're not, it's not being used. Josh Jacobs situation, when it's not being used, got to call for what it is, and that really hurts your fantasy upside. 100%, dude. I, I'm with you on this one. So for me, like, sell this man. Like, I, I agree, like, with the whole point about the, the lack of opportunity in the passing game. Has anyone in this backfield ever been a productive workhorse in back-to-back seasons? Like, Shanahan loves to get cute with his running backs. He just hasn't had much of an option, considering they've all been hurt, you know? I honestly love Mitchell, but his value is peaked. Like, I absolutely, totally agree with pretty much everything you just said. I have nothing sarcastic to add to this. Sell Elijah Mitchell, unless for some reason, like, he's on your team, you're not contending, then, like, it might be better just to ride that out. Because it's it's tough to see, like, upgrading to like a better younger back for, than Mitchell for like what you'd be able to move him for. 100% Todd and and for the record Todd we know the run it's a running back apocalypse. Derrick Henry's down. CMC's been out. There's been a lot of injuries in the running back position. We understand and we I still say that knowing that's the running back apocalypse out there. 100 man 100. All right Davey we did it. Tell them where they can find you. You can find me always on the Tale of Two Rivals airwaves with my buddy, 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 Todd, two, <laughs> I don't even know what the hell I was doing there. But yeah, with Todd Foster, uh, find me over on the tweet machine at FF underscore Spaceman. Find me over at Rookie Fever. We're dropping the rookie pods every week over at Rookie Fever. And then also on at DLF, which is now just, I think, becoming a running joke of I'll eventually write a thing up, maybe a November ADP article, who knows. And then... Uh, over at the Patreon, Todd. But this was a, I had a lot of, I felt really energetic to talk to you tonight. I really had a great time. I I had a blast in this one. So you can find me at FF underscore banter man over on the Twitter machine. Uh, Hit me up about anything, anything at all. You can find myself over at the IDP guys. I know I keep talking about dropping my 200 on C2C rankings. My God, I had notes on every player there. Top 50 notes. That's it. 50 to 200. No notes. Just going to knock those rankings out to share with you so you can get inside my mind. Yeah, it should be good times. All my Devia things are updated over there. So if you're looking for Devi rankings by class, and if you're looking for C2C, like a big C2C board, IDP guys, man. You got me and Christian Wells, who, uh, and even uh, Hollywood's got uh, uh, C2C IDP over there too. So lots and lots and lots of good. Uh, resources over there for C2C stuff. Of course, for IDP and Dynasties. All right. Till next time.